I got Doc Sauce in my bag, swag. Hello and thank you for joining us for this episode of the Documenteers Podcast. This is the podcast about documentaries. Some say the best in the universe. I am your host, Bob Sham, and each week myself and a recurring enthusiast watch a doc, discuss a doc, and lay down judgment because we figure there's just not enough judgment out there on the internet. What are our thoughts? We break some ground in this episode because Akil and I are discussing what I believe is the first true concert film featured on the documenteers. Prior to this, the closest we got was Iron Maiden Flight 666, which seemed to be half concert footage and half Bruce Dickinson flying everyone around. Oh, how young we seem back then in those early days just last year. But this concert doc is one that got a lot of heat when it first dropped on Netflix. And after a couple of months of everyone seeing it, who was going to see it, we step in and lend our voice to the film, Homecoming, a film by Beyonce. That's the whole title. The director is in the title. Does her much-discussed Coachella performance lift the hype? That's what Akil and I are here to discuss. You're welcome. Next week on The Documenteers, we discuss a documentary about another pop culture cornerstone regarding a very large television event that recently wrapped up that we have all now had time to watch and process. I have to confess that I'm a bit of a nerd on this subject. Read all the books and watched all the show. I think you know where I'm going with this. Angela joins me to discuss the documentary about the last season of the biggest HBO series ever in Jeannie Finlay's Game of Thrones, The Last Watch. It seems like so many people watch Game of Thrones and so many people have big opinions on this past final season why not throw our bullshit onto the pile game of thrones the last watch next week on the documenteers podcast some clip credits in this one we are reviewing a concert film by beyonce so you certainly hear some dabs of beyonce a pinch of jay-z a teaspoon of kelly Rowland, and michelle williams all covered in a beat happy good time and baked at 425 degrees for two hours and 20 minutes that's how long this documentary is you also hear a little Big Fridia and a clip of Messy Maya, two bounce legends that Beyonce has sampled. You hear that song Cantaloupe by Us Three for like maybe four whole seconds. Remember that song? And that's it. At one point in this episode, I name all of the African-American performers that have headlined Coachella. And I can't believe I forgot to honorably mention one of Coachella's most notorious features, the Tupac Hologram that performed during the Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg show in 2012, the first ever African-American construct of light. Enough with this, let's move on to more of me talking. Documenteerspodcast.com is a place where you can get all of our information. Five stars and a nice review on those podcast apps. Spreads the good word on this show. If you like us and you want more, then please rate us. It's a huge help and I am eternally grateful to all those who have done so. Be more like those people. Let's jump in this bay hive and test out the honey. That sounded kind of weird. Keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet, 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel.
ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beyonce Homecoming 2018. Up in the club, club. Something, 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 something. <laughs> <laughs> How many Beyonce albums do you own? None. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me let me see. Hold I mean, on. I have songs that I thoroughly enjoy, but I don't think I've up until very recently I've never actually listened to a Beyonce record from beginning to end. Let's see. I've got two Beyonce albums. <laughs> Is that the French pronunciation? Yeah. Actually, uh, I have the one album I have in full is "I Am Sasha Fierce." I have that one. Yeah, and I, I forgot completely forgot about this. I have that one, and I have uh, "Dangerously in Love." Is that the one that's got her on the cover? That's like I think it's the one with the Jay Z, "Drunken Love." Well, no, al- no. I think the album's called "Dangerously in Love." Mm. I could be wrong though. And I got a little bit of "Lemonade" and a little bit of uh, "Self-Titled." And I've, I've got some Destiny's Child stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've got like two Kelly Rowland albums. I mean, but at the same time, you know, I've, I have Spotify, so it's it's weird saying like I have this at this point sure. because I, I guess that's I the have way it all. I mean, it's what I what I choose to listen to. I guess that's how it is with everyone. Like we got it all. Yeah, and I feel like she just recently was made available on Spotify. Like when this documentary dropped. Oh, because she was uh, title. Yeah, for a while. yeah. Which because uh, I went on Spotify like. Uh, maybe when I first heard about this and as soon as I opened up the app, it was like the first thing I saw was Homecoming. And it was like, push here now to stream the new Beyonce Homecoming Coachella. I was like, all right, she's here. I have a confession to make. Okay. You're in a safe space. August of 2018, uh, this Coachella performance for the documentary, which is a concert film, basically. And... I wasn't sure in the, I'm thinking the early days of the documentaries, I was thinking maybe not do concert films, but actually I'm totally turned around on it now. I think analyzing some concert films from time to time would actually be a lot of fun, especially after we do plenty of them. It would be interesting to see how we compare them. What makes a good concert film? Yeah. Some of them are pretty, pretty God awful. Yeah. And there's some total exercises of vanity. I used to watch a lot of concert films when I would draw. And I just have them on, like ranging from like old punk shows and like hole in the wall clubs to there's one where Pink Floyd is playing in the Pompeii Olympic Stadium and it's empty. And it's basically like a music video of them playing in an ancient stadium in Pompeii. There's no audience? No, there's no audience. I I mean, but you've got concert films, which are, which are essentially, I mean, they're just a film concert with maybe a few snippets of some backstage sort of stuff. But then you've got things like this, which is sort of, I mean, it's obviously a concert film, but I feel like there's, they get a little more in depth and the behind the scenes stuff than you would see in some of the other ones. Well, we had seen Angela and I went with some other friends. Um, I think Jeremy was there too. And we had 
called upon a favor from a friend that helps Angela out a lot. We don't talk about our jobs and what we do, but Angela has a job where uh, certain people in certain fields of entertainment, performance arts. Yes. They, she has access to like people who kind of run things sometimes. Right. And, you know, we all like, they all help each other out so that we could all participate in viewing the Sometimes arts. Sometimes you hook one another up. And we got professional this, courtesy. We got a very nice hookup for a, a uh, Beyonce Jay Z really? concert at Vanderbilt Stadium. When and was this? This is in 2018 in nice. August. Shit. How did I not know about that? How were you not there? It seemed like you should have been there. But anyway, <laughs> but we're there. We're not just sitting in the seats. Right. We're on the floor. Oh, wow. In the front. Where, like, if you want to get some liquor, you could just walk up to one of the dozen people and that are dressed nice and they'll pour you some. That's awesome. Some of Jay-Z's own cognac and uh, shit like that. I mean, you had to pay for it. Right. And, but we got the, but we, it was a hookup, but because we got so hooked up, it was a justification to spend like $200 on liquor. (laughs) (laughs) So we still like tanked money somehow. Even, but you had a good night. I mean, yeah, yeah. So you had a good time. So no, it's not tanking money. That's but we just felt so like free and like privileged. Because if you had bought tickets, you would have been you would have brought in a flask and you would have like chugged before you went in. Yeah, to get a buzz going and yeah. So it was and then be- maintained with the flask for those of you newbies. That's how you go see concerts on the cheap. So it was Beyonce and Jay Z. So it flipped back and forth to a lot of Jay Z's classics, which I have like one and. Some of Beyonce's albums, I probably got like eight Jay-Z albums. And admittedly, maybe four are like really good. But it was great. And they would walk out on these pillars to where it was like Beyonce was like 20 feet away from. Wow. And it kind of Are you officially a member of the Beehive? I think I that night I was like I was like a drone bee for the Beehive. (laughs) Carrying all our honey. The stage was like a platform that would roll over the people in the front. So, like, you're looking up and Jay-Z's rapping. Wow. While you're watching him go over your head. That's insane. We really got the hookup. Like, I might have to blow this dude. <laughs> I mean, just to be nice. Might have. Yeah. Haven't you already, Bobby? <laughs> he might have been the wrong dude, though. <laughs> you just walked around asking random guys, are you the guy that hooked us up with these tickets? Take your pants off. <laughs> This is yeah, just professional. Sure, guy. Business. Yeah, that's me. You're welcome. But I had a great time, and it was a lot of fun. And I saw a lot of the like the players that you see in this homecoming, we saw at the concert. Also, she sings everything. Like, this yeah. isn't like we're doing some lips. We're doing a little lip singing here. And you could tell when I, I could tell when I was watching her, and you can tell on homecoming it might seem strange that I'm pointing that out, like she's actually singing. No, that's a big deal. I mean, there's a lot of performers out there, especially ones that have been around a minute. Yeah, that are that aren't belting it out. I've seen quite a few concerts uh, where some lip syncing. I mean, some of my favorite people. It's just part of the thing. It's like, yeah, and on a certain level, I kind of get it, just because these people they tend to be people who also they usually pop artists. Yeah. Uh, there's usually a lot of dance happening during the performance. You get winded. Not everyone's capable of maintaining their vocal quality while moving that much. Yeah. But she proves that if you work for it, you actually can. Um, so I feel like there's really no excuse to, unless you just. It's 
You're just lazy. I don't know. I think honestly, I can understand that people's voices can't be the same. I I think Linda Ronstadt in an interview stated very honestly, and I got a creditor for it, how she was like, I'm not a singer anymore. I can't fucking sing anymore. I could sing all throughout the 70s, had a lot of great albums, great times. I'm not a singer anymore. And she pretty much stated that. And I think that there's a lot of people that can't let it go. For me personally, I listen to a lot of music where somebody like Neil Young, how uh, he's going to sound like an old man right? when he goes out there, but he's still Neil Young. And there's something like that transition makes sense. It seems like with the pop stars, that expectation of something so manufactured and specific yeah. is there. Well, that's and, because they, they don't, you have to learn how to be an artist. You have to learn how, because your voice is not going to stay the same as you age. And you have to learn how to make that work for you. And it may require you to change the kind of material that you do. It may require you to change a lot. But if if you're not able to do that, then, yeah, you're going to be stuck in the path of lip syncing pretty much on a regular basis. And then it just becomes a thing where I feel like fans are just in the sort of denial about that. These obsessed fans who follow these sort of like diva performers. Um, Madonna is a perfect example. Oh, I watched her. And I think she does sing when she plays. And it's like... She lip syncs too. She does both. Yeah, she flips back and, and that's the thing that most of them flip back and forth. I've seen Christina Aguilera. Yeah, same deal. Like she comes out, huge dance number, totally lip syncing the entire song, then goes into another song that's a little maybe mellow, more mellow, and then she sings that one live. It just it varies from show to show and artist to artist. But yeah, you're right. Pop stars have the worst time trying to make that adjustment when. There is Changes a, of life start to occur. Yeah, it's brutal with the pop stars. And there's a lot of pop music I do like out there, but I notice it's very much this what have you done for me lately thing or regurgitate my childhood exactly as I remember it right. at this time. We're seeing Beyonce now. She's been in the game a while. And there's a lot about Beyonce that we see. There's a moment in the documentary where she talks about what she went through giving birth to twins. I've watched so many documentaries now and I'm starting to become immune to the humanization narratives. Yeah. Meaning like, meaning remember this is just a person and it's like, well, I'm not a psychopath. I like, I understand I'm looking at other people, (laughs) but also when people do shitty things, that's a human thing too. Yeah. I have a hard time looking at Beyonce like she's me or you. I understand she's a human being, but she's like in a stratosphere. I was trying to picture if uh, Beyonce ever wore like an Arby's uniform, like as a teenager. (laughs) And I actually looked up uh, Beyonce's first job. It was Destiny's Child. (laughs) It was her first job. Her first job was sweeping up hair in a salon. But get this. The salon was owned by her mother. Well. And her dad managed a Xerox company. And she went to like Montessori schools and magnet schools where she got to sing and dance in churches. She was big, yeah. big in her church. She came up in that. That's where she honed her craft and she got to really focus on it. And when I saw like sweeping hair in the salon, I was like, it was your mom's salon. Why are you hating? Bobby? I'm trying to connect to Beyonce beyond the queenification of everything. Beyonce is super fucking talented. Beyonce's life is heavily curated. Like yeah. she's, she's been very, 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 particular about what is made public impressive about her life in this modern time yes yeah i'm I'm, it's amazing how she's been able in this day of social media how she's been able to keep certain things you just don't know there is still some mystery about beyonce and i remember seeing years ago 
I saw her on an interview on the Oprah Winfrey show. She talked about how uh, the first time she interviewed her, she gave her, I, I can't remember if the advice was solicited or unsolicited, but she told her, um, keep your private life private. Mm-hmm. Be very careful about what you talk about in interviews. So then years later, she's now Beyonce. This is sort of be the beginning of her. At this point, she's no longer with Destiny's Child. Yeah. She's maybe had a couple of albums under her belt, maybe three. Uh, the show was still going, so that kind of tells She's you the time She's starting to appear in, like, shitty, mediocre movies. <laughs> hey, don't wait on Austin Powers, man. That was a pretty bad movie. Um, <laughs> and she mentioned how, like, she took that advice to heart. And Oprah was like, yeah, but I didn't mean with me. <laughs> like, I, I meant, like, with other people. not with, But, yeah, I mean, she's taken that. That's an art form, I think, that she has. So th- you're only going to get what she wants you to see in this documentary. Like, there's not really even the stuff that's, quote, unquote, candid is still the stratosphere. What I'm trying to convey here is that the stratosphere that where she's at, when she is left destiny's child, which was huge in its own right. And you see her popping up in some shitty comedies and stuff. Yeah. She's more, she's still a little relatable in that time. Cause you can see her trying to work her career out. Right. Fighting every, temptations. Every men, every member of destiny's child was trying to do that. We saw Kelly rolling in a nightmare on Elm street movie on another <laughs> doc. We did. And Michelle that, was doing, a good, a, a good a good way to control how the world perceives you is Beyonce is in her bow down phase. Yeah. She is like super icon. She is peak moment. She's like she is to now what people like Michael Jackson and Prince were in their heyday. Yeah, I feel like she is so more at, people are illegally stealing her shit. Right, right yeah. As, <laughs> as I was watching this, I kept thinking like, man, because I'm a huge Janet Jackson fan. And I was thinking back to us watching the Whitney documentary and the scene where Whitney talks about how Paul Abdul and Janet. One of my favorite clips. is <laughs> arguably maybe the best part <laughs> of that documentary. Paul Abdul ain't shit now. One thing, Paul Abdul ain't shit. They're not singing and how, you know, their thing is dance and how she can't really compete with that. And her mom's like, you just do what you do. You know, that stuff will come and go. I feel like Beyonce is sort of the culmination. She's like the perfect merging of those two different groups of artists where yeah. you've got the the heavy dance like image sort of thing and then you've got the actual chops the actual vocal yeah. talent and she's been able to bring those two together so she's i mean she's essentially kind of taking it to the next level um which i think is going to end up resulting in her having more longevity mm-hmm. than those two those two will always be icons yeah. obviously whitney will be an icon forever death kind of does that but um but even janet like i love janet uh, but, you know, you get older, and uh, as we said, when you're in the pop genre, your shelf life, kind of. if you're not putting out new material that's engaging mm-hmm. young people on a regular basis. I think uh, Beyonce's got more control over her outlook than a lot of the past pop stars had, even maybe Madonna in a lot of ways. I mean, Janet's album was literally called Control. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I think Janet is a good <laughs> example of how someone can successfully maneuver that. Yeah. And still ra- maintain a lot of credibility later in life. And not that Madonna doesn't have credibility, but I mean, I'm someone who actually thinks that Maja- Madonna's Madonna, Madonna's 80s <laughs> output was pretty good, was like really good. I can understand why it was so influential, but from like a certain point in the 90s on, I don't understand why people even bother with her. 
Honestly, and really don't. I gotta disagree with you. Really? Yeah, I've I'm a Madonna fan, and there have been some bad Madonna albums, but there have also she's consistently she sort of does the the back and forth. Like she'll have one album that you're like, uh, oh, skip that one, and then the next one you're like, holy shit, that's a really good record, and it sort of alternates back and forth like that for her. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really have a desire. I think only because I haven't seen her in concert yet. I feel like it's one of those things on my bucket list. Bucket list I'd like to do. But she's still obsessed with this whole like Catholic Church thing. It's like, lady, come on, you're you're she's, approaching sixty. Well, she's <laughs> come back around to that, I suppose. It's never gone anywhere. Every concert she has done some sort of religious scene that's really in, meant to offend certain people. Which is like, you're not in your twenties well, anymore. Wasn't she all like, into fucking Kabbalah at some point? I yeah, mean, she's, this is yeah, she's this, Jewish, man. She's is, Jewish and she's British. <laughs> He didn't know she was Jewish yeah, and British. Yeah, British. I knew she was British. <laughs> Born in merry old England. Yeah, she's a Jewish mystic. <laughs> no, yeah, she's, she's English. She was. She's like a little bit Indian, too. I remember some yeah, videos. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of shit just seems like someone with privilege just dabbling into things. Like She uh, continues to be a chameleon. Yeah, go like, ahead that's... and have your... Well, I mean, but you can see the costume. Like, yeah. It's like, I'm going to be a pirate now. It's like, okay. I give her credit for maintaining. I mean, sure, her tours still sell out. Um, so I give her credit for sort of maintaining age, ageism is alive and well, particularly in the pop music genre, particularly with women. Um, so I give her props for being able to keep the longevity going. That's not an easy thing to do. And we're going on what, 40 years now, I think, almost with, with her. I get, I mean, it's just a matter of opinion, but like she did so, do something so great enough in the beginning of her career. Yeah. That I think a lot of it is just fumes from that time. She's leaned heavily into dance music in the past 15 years, probably since uh, uh, Ray of Light is still hands down one of her best records. Mm -hmm. Music is also a great album. Yeah. I think American Life came out in between those two, and that was a really, really bad record. Don't even bother wasting your time on that. I won't. Um, Hard Candy is a really good one. Got Kanye on that one. A lot of Pharrell produced stuff. Like she's been the dance thing has been her bread and butter. She's very much still being played in the clubs. I feel like she will always have the gay community. Sure, she's like share in that respect. Like the, the gay community will... is all over female pop. Oh stars. yeah, yeah. From Lady Gaga to Carly Rae Jepsen, yeah. Lady Gaga is someone who I think is actually just because she's younger and more in these modern times, someone who's constantly compared to Madonna, who. I think has shown a very interesting adaptability in such a short time. It seems like a lot of what she's went through. Lady Gaga is far exceeds Madonna as far as talent is concerned. <laughs> like, I mean, I love Madonna, but Ooh. I mean, come on. Okay. We got to stop talking. <laughs> we about, haven't even talked about this. We got to stop yet. talking about, we're getting into like <laughs> editing out five minute chunks. I want to keep this in because I felt like we made some good. Points. I mean, it's relevant. We're talking about the rise of, a pop pop icon. Yeah, the know. relevancy of pop music. And right now, no one's more relevant than Beyonce, yeah. <laughs> who has seemed to, after, gosh, she's been in this business over two decades now, is now like peak. Yeah. At the peak of her power. I think this right here is her peak. I'm not saying it's all downhill from here, but I feel like this is like, this is a benchmark thing that will forever, like, it'll be when people think of Beyonce, like, this will be the thing I feel like 30 years from now that always gets brought up. Yeah. Is this concert. She's so big. She could be married to Jay-Z and make Jay-Z look like he ain't shit. Like yeah. no one even fucking cares. Jay-Z <laughs> standing there. And when she starts singing them, like 
sad like what the fuck songs then you are literally like why'd you walk out <laughs> like she'll get you mad at jay-z and i'm listening to more jay-z music than beyonce music we all saw that elevator clip <laughs> which sister was that that was it was was it solange i think is there so. another sister i'm not sure i didn't i feel like it was Solange. my wikipedia research was very <laughs> limited <laughs> But the flip side of that is, I mentioned before that she's always been very private, but she lets her art speak volumes about whatever is going on in her life. So, I mean, if you haven't heard Lemonade. And if you haven't drank Lemonade, yeah, I recommend it. It's I highly delicious. recommend it. Yeah. Purity Lemonade. It's hands down the best lemonade you can buy. Purity? Store. Yes. Really? In my opinion, yes. What about Simply? I love it's too Simply. too tart. Oh, see, I like the tart. No. Don't get that Minute Maid shit. That no, shit, Minute Maid is fucking You're doing balls. it wrong. Yeah. That can, like, 1% juice. Yeah, it's Fuck no. off with that. Nope. This, we're talking about Homecoming, a film by Beyonce, about uh, Beyonce's Quintus, like, head-turning Coachella event. Um, Baychella or she, Beachella. That's what it's called Beachella, now, basically. Yeah. Baychella. Yeah. I like how there's a binder that said Baychella on it. <laughs> they branded it. Like they made it seem like it was a I don't know, I guess that makes sense, but it seemed like initially that it was sort of very an organic thing yeah. that happened, like the rebranding of it. But then you like you see, you see the notebook yeah, yeah. as they're preparing rehearsals for oh, they've already Apparently she's calling down. it Baychella right. as well. <laughs> and uh this is I should also say this is co directed by Ed Burke. And I didn't write down all the editing machine, uh, editing people. And like, there's tons of camera angles and footage cameras all throughout the crowd. Even in the show that we saw, you saw cameras everywhere. There's just film constantly being taken of these concerts that she's going around, but it's called a homecoming of film by Beyonce. And this is kind of like a, what they call the Tim Burton effect, where you watch a Tim Burton movie and you accredit every ounce of momentum or anything to Tim Burton. But the truth is, Tim Burton is this surrounding himself with people who have styles and aesthetics that please him. It takes a village to create what is being made. But Tim Burton gets all the credit. Even the Nightmare on Before Christmas, I forget the guy's name that actually directed it. Yeah, he did not direct that. Everyone movie. says Tim Burton directed it. Yeah. It's the, guy who, the guy who directed it, he's the same guy who did James and the Giant Peach. Did he do um, uh, Corpse Bride too? Possibly. I'm not, I'm not sure. See, I've, I'm kind of playing into it because I can't yeah, remember yeah, the no, dude's name. Yeah, no idea who it is, yeah. I saw him speak, though. I went to, like, a lecture of his. Was he bitter? And there was 15 minutes on fuck Tim Burton. <laughs> really? And, like, Tim Burton, your mo- his mom jokes. Then, like, <laughs> he brought out a sex doll with Tim Burton's. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say anymore. Yeah. yeah, let's just leave it there. Homecoming, a film by Beyonce and plenty of other people. I was a little worried that we were going to get a lot of rando footage shit. My biggest concern was when I saw how long it was. Yeah. Two hours and 17 minutes is a long time. I had to watch this this morning. <laughs> but remembering the concert that we went to, it was three hours long, easy. There's a lot of songs. I mean, she does a good, almost 40 songs in this concert. Man, it's a lot. There's yeah. a lot going on. A lot of, a lot of uh, remixes of familiar songs. A lot of songs leading into other songs. It, she does seem to touch base so much on her own library. Which, just to give us some props, last time I saw Janet Jackson, last year, 37 songs. Yes, Queen. No Hell opening yeah, act. Yeah. She, it was, it was, she held it down. Describe the setup 
of the stage that where everything's happening for Beyonce or, or Janet. <laughs> no, no, we're, ta- we're going to talk about Beyonce. Okay, so this stage is set up basically uh, with, I guess, bleachers in a sense. Um, yeah, and like a triangle. Yeah, yeah, and this triangle, uh, and it's filled with a drum line, majorettes. I just want to say a string section, I, all beautiful young black people. This, I mean, I I had really not didn't have a lot of expectations. Did going you see into the this. one white dancer girl out there? I did. She may or may not be white. We don't know. We come in all different shades, You're right. Bobby. All different shades. Well, we are often reflected by the way society treats us. Maybe she's like uh, half Cuban. We don't know. What did you just ask me? <laughs> I just lost my. Oh yeah, the did stage. Did you see the white lady? That's what yeah, I yeah, yeah. I saw the white lady. She was holding down. But yeah, it was. Um, oh, it was a massive. I need more set. drum lines in my life. I, I love say, a drum line. So, as someone who went to an HBCU, which for those of you who are who are in the know, that stands for Historically Black College University, um, I have vivid memories of of homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not one of those alumni who goes back. For homecoming every year, mainly because I hate football. What school did you go to? TSU. Oh, okay. Yeah. And watching this, like, go Tigers. I, I haven't gone back for a homecoming probably since maybe two or three years after um, I left. But this is the closest that I've gotten. It was it was the perfect homecoming for me. It was like none of the football. Yeah. Just nothing. <laughs> just nothing but the marching band. It's playing. like how people are just waiting for the halftime show. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think TSU very briefly did show up in clips of this movie. Yeah, I have a thing on my notes here that says no TSU WTF question mark. I because think they, they were credited were in they? the credits. I saw them. Oh, I can remember there was a scene I after some of the performances where they sort of show footage of like all these different HBCUs, their marching bands, and there was no TSU. Hmm. I was like, where's the aristocratic bands go? They're credited. The hell? I just assumed that they were in there in that collage. I would hope so. I mean, they weren't in that collage, but I'm hoping there were at least a couple of people representing in the actual band. But we get High School Bay. She's in some short shorts and she's singing Crazy in Love. It's important to note that before they go into formation, she sings Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is the Black National Anthem. That's important because her singing that song right at the top of the show really sets the tone for what this concert is trying to do, which is bring the the black experience, specifically the black college experience to a Coachella to a Coachella crowd and not just Coachella. But this streamed, I guess, originally this concert streamed live like twice. I don't know if it was on YouTube or whatever. They did an actually a live streaming when it was actually happening. And then the next morning like late morning they streamed it again um they they were talking about this concert after it happened yeah a lot of people don't go to coachella it's really expensive you can easily drop well over a grand to go there uh i mean i think you can get in on vip passes for something like 600 bucks that's a person so it's something that you like jokingly you culturally you see coachella presented it's something that a lot of spoiled white kids go to. These are this. This is the same crowd that the uh, fire festival 
was uh, targeting. Not too far off. <laughs> yeah. And when the camera pans into the crowd, there's real Bay fans in there. Oh, God. real Bay fans will make that trip. Yeah. They'll fork over that money. The camera made sure to put on a lot of the fans, not exclusively, but many of the fans who were people of color. But that Coachella crowd, mostly white. You go way back in there, mostly white. Yeah. So many white people, they could easily uh, marginalize the, all these black people. <laughs> right. <laughs> But that was a big deal. Like that, what that means is that the vast majority of that audience had never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And for the people who had, it was a huge deal for them because they're like, "Oh my god!" Like this is, this is like my life. Yeah. And it's here of all places, Coachella. Like this is amazing. All these people on stage, they look like me. They look like the people that I grew up, or I don't know if what, yeah. age, what the age group of people is to go to Coachella. I would imagine they're probably fairly young. So maybe these kids are in college, maybe they're fresh out of college. Um, At the Vanderbilt Stadium show, as a white dude, I was sitting there like, I've never seen anything like this. I traditionally don't go to many big mega concerts. Yeah, same here. And it was just the biggest one I'd easily have ever been to. And I was like, holy shit, it really did bring it. You'd probably be hard-pressed to find a black person at a Jay-Z concert these days. Really? I mean, if you think about it. Of course you would. Of course you would. I mean, who can even... What black person really can even identify with Jay-Z anymore at this? I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But See, you're reaching <laughs> into the point I was trying to make at the beginning. <laughs> Jay-Z is this billionaire. He's this icon character. Right. Now. I was trying to make that point with Beyonce. It's easy to project what you want, and Beyonce will give you what you want. And she's definitely presenting a multicultural package that is important to you if you come from that background. Right. But she's in. she's reached like... Mount Olympus. The one difference I will say is that Jay-Z specifically came from, I mean, he was straight up drug dealer. Yeah. That was What Montessori school do you think Jay-Z went to? <laughs> I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like, and I think that's a problem that a lot of rappers have to figure out how to contend with is with fame comes more and more of a separation from what caused you to become that artist to begin with. All the stories you were telling from the streets where you're now you're no longer living in that anymore. You've moved on and you can either continue to try to hold on to that. Like people like Biggie and Tupac did and, and tons of other rappers who end up dead because they are in jail because they can't let that lifestyle yeah. go because for whatever reason. A lot of it is just people bread. wanting to let that go, but the stupid shit just keeps following them around. Yeah. But I think a lot of it also is trying to maintain that street cred. Like I, if, if, if you're living on park Avenue, then how can you continue, how are those people going to identify with you anymore? You can't talk about their experience anymore because you're experiencing life on a whole different level. It seems like with the rappers and acknowledging that they a lot come from nothing and get somewhere. And I think maybe even that narrative is, can be overplayed. There's plenty of rappers who didn't, who maybe play up a harder lifestyle than they've really lived. Yeah. But it seems, it, it seems kind of strange. I'm maybe a little more forgiving of it because why would you want that but then it seems like we're going down this road of authenticity and i don't think beyonce is inauthentic it's it's interesting how we maybe show some cracks in inauthenticity with jay-z coming from such modest means but i don't think beyonce is inauthentic i think this is like her universe she's like a god building this universe and you're in it and you either love it or you just don't get it yeah i don't think she's like being fake but she's I want to picture her in an Arby's uniform as like a pimply teenager. <laughs> she, you could tell that she's been groomed to be this way, and it worked like 
fucking gangbusters. And obviously, you got to have talent to back that up, yeah. which she has more than enough. So yeah, Formation. That's a great song. Don't you do <laughs> leads into the crowd pleasing formation but this version of formation had a sample from uh bounce new orleans bounce star big fredia i did not come to play with you i came to play bitch but the original track had messy maya what happened at the new orleans who was a bounce star, bounce rapper in New Orleans who died in 2010, unfortunately. But the original track had um, sampled Messy Maya. Bitch, I'm back. Yeah. By popular the man. And behind the camera is my messy hole, Rolly. Messy Rolly. And there was some controversy to that because there wasn't, I guess, his family that he was left was like, no one fucking asked us if you could mm. use Maya's. But, he, but it's like a YouTube video of, fairly popular one and he had a big presence on youtube yeah and um but the i guess the updated version has uh big freedy on it so same culture i guess you know what big freedy is i right? have no idea so after formation then you started to go into like the first of these what i've sort of just called rehearsal clips in between performance yeah. segments how did you feel about them i was worried that there was going to be too much of this there are other cutaway scenes like this first one it shows bay asking for advice there's a prayer certain moments worked for me a lot but i felt like it probably would have been closer to perfect if some of these just weren't in there that's kind of how i felt there were some i liked more than others but on the whole i, th I was fine with all of them i feel like they were short enough they didn't take too much away sure, um, from the fact that it was a concert film, the concert I mean, with that much material that she's performing. You can't spend too much time on these things. Yeah. It seems like they pretty much, they last maybe five, five, six, maybe seven minutes max. And then they flip back to the performance. I feel like it was a good balance. Um, I didn't get bored with any of them. I really liked the one specifically that focused on the band and the dancers. Yeah, those are the best like, ones. Yeah, because like these are these kids who have this opportunity of a lifetime who were handpicked by Queen Bee herself to the, perform. The French twins. Oh, it's, I have it in my notes. So it just says, Le Twins! Le exclamation twins. point. Because I've those guys, I've known, seen them perform for a few years on various dance shows. And obviously, they they that was not the first time they performed with her. They've toured yeah, with yeah. her before. They were all over this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she performs Sorry. Oh, the step routine. The, They're in sorry. Oh, man. And then they do this. Am I even allowed to say this? The bugaboos, like a, like a comedy troupe. It looked like so. Oh, yeah. Like if uh, Spike Lee's School Days was well, that's, a stage musical. Yeah, it was. I mean, that's, again, HBCU. I saw that fairly regularly. Like mm. during when people were pledging. Yeah, all these guys that were pledging for, you know, fraternities. And that's the kind of stuff you would see yeah. is them online with their little their nicknames doing their thing they're that they're supposed to do when they're called online that i enjoyed it didn't quite carry over as well on stage because it's such a small thing and that's such a huge environment and just having like six guys on stage 
Um, I was very happy. I was worried when I first saw what they were doing after the first guy. I was like, oh, how's this going to translate? But then they had other steppers behind them on the risers doing the steps with them. Because the whole thing about stepping is it's all about the beat. And if you can't, the more people you have doing the beat, the more weight it has. And if you only had like one person doing it, it wouldn't have translated well on film. But of course, Beyonce thought about that. So, but Beyonce is trying to play up this thing that leads into them being like, yo, women are sick of the bullshit. And she's asking them to make her laugh as opposed to like, I guess a man expecting something from a woman. You make me laugh. Guys are known for their demanding women to make them laugh. <laughs> like that's one of the most horrible things that guys. Men are never threatened by a funny woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but there's a suck on my balls chant. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I love that. That was great. Babe busts out a, a deep voice mod. That's about 30 yeah, that was like in. That was like Satan Beyonce. That was great. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Maybe like Satan Beyonce will kind of come out more in the future. Every single time they went into the stepping, like I was amped up every time. Like, yeah, that just it, when it comes, it was a way to keep it going to keep your enthusiasm moving. I should point out, look, this is a great concert. I got chills. This watching is this a concert, fucking great man. concert. And we're going to probably go pretty high on it. I'm trying to punch holes in it where I can. I know. I know. <laughs> because I want to have a roundabout critique. Yeah. You know? It's hard, though. It's hard when, because like you said, you're talking about Beyonce is very good at putting together an immaculate performance. You yourself has have witnessed yeah. one. Trying to focus more on the behind the scenes. I think if we focus more on, because the concert is sort of impeccable. You yeah. really can't. It's just a really fucking great concert. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, if it looks good on camera, it's fucking mind-blowing if you're sitting there. I didn't realize that they did two performances at Coachella. Oh, I didn't know. It threw me off because... So she performed for like six fucking hours? Well, I don't know how that worked because at the beginning, at the top of the show, when they first start, then when things really amp up, all of a sudden, there's like this explosion and then their costumes change color. And at first I was like, oh my God, Beyonce's magic. How did they manage? And I realized this is two different recordings. They're flipping back and forth from one to another. And I don't know if she did two nights in a row. Huh. I would, And I guess they recorded both of them and then spliced yeah. together the best stuff. I think they do it. Uh, they split the headliners up in the weekend. So every Coachella has like a few headliners. So I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she performed twice. Obviously she performed twice. There, there are literally... There are literal scenes throughout the entire thing where they're bouncing back and forth the same performance, but everyone is wearing completely different costumes. Now, I don't want to get ahead of it with the Destiny's Child thing. Yeah. But is that what that was? Yeah, same deal. Like, one, they're wearing black in one performance and white in another performance. I the thought, same, did you not notice that? I thought there was some kind of technology. No, that's what I'm saying. At the top of it, right before they start going to Crazy in Love, there's okay. this big thing, and all of a sudden they go from wearing yellow to pink. And, and I know, I it know. It happens like that, and I had to rewind. I was like, what the hell? I thought there was this? something to do with what they were wearing. That I did, too, at first. And then I realized, no, she's wearing completely different clothes. Her hair, is completely, she's got a ponytail in one. Right. Yeah, so it's they're two uh, different performances. We just described Beyonce is magic. Beyonce is I, magic. I thought, she was a, I thought she was a wizard. 
<laughs> there is, she has a former I can't remember if it was a band member or a former dancer that I think this woman might have some issues, but is like Beyonce's a witch. What? She, cur- she cursed me. She's a witch. <laughs> Where this woman's out there saying, No, she's really a witch. <laughs> I mean, who cares, even if she is. She does right, she's a good witch. She, it's like Glenda. <laughs> she does drunken love. I'm rubbing on it, what's rubbing it? You scared call that rubbing. And she's on this thing where she's lifted up in the air. And I saw later that she was strapped in just in case. But I was like, oh, shit, don't fall, bae. I kept thinking about that the whole, like, wouldn't it be horrible? Obviously, we, would have, we somehow that would have made it to the news before that. Had been 40 minutes. If we what, 40 minutes into this concert, she just falls. I'd probably still rate it pretty good. I'm just coming off of watching like a recap of the Owen Hart story. So that's all that's in my head. I'm like, this is a bad idea, B. You shouldn't be doing this. (laughs) I like that part of Drunken Love where she's like, surfboard. 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 (laughs) Bring it on that wood. Bring it on that wood. She performs Diva. And then there's a cut where I think one of my least favorite aspects of the cut was the purposely using like bad audio. It sounded like they tweaked the audio to make it seem. I was supposed to do Coachella the year prior, but I got pregnant. If I got to find something to criticize, let me just say that was a little uh, <laughs> hammy, I suppose. I misheard Beyonce at some point, right, right before she starts performing I Care. We'll bump ahead a little bit. Where she says... It's hard to believe that after all these years, I was the first African-American woman to headline Coachella. When she first said it, I didn't hear her say woman. I thought she just said African-American. And then I proceeded to do phone research. <laughs> the most the most intricate kind of there, research. There had to have been other African-American headliners. Not since 2018 did this happen. And I just want to say, Coachella has been around since 1999. It used to cost 50 bucks a day to go. Wow. Prince was the first uh, black headliner in 2008. Who do you think... Um, still nine years Who do you think there. was the headliners in 1999? And I actually... The first year? Yeah. Who do you think was the headliners? Uh, what was big in Keep in mind, uh, an African-American person did not headline until well, 2008, nine years after Coachella began. Uh, Eminem? That's a good guess. No. This could go on a long time. <laughs> yeah. 99. Beck? Tool and Rage Against the Machine, which I believe Zach De La Rocha is of uh, Latin American descent. There you go. Coachella, yeah. bringing diversity to the masses. <laughs> uh, who do you think? There's uh, There was one listed headliner in 2001 at 65 bucks a day you could go there, and it was Jane's Addiction. Coach headline In actually, 2001? Yeah. Bjork, That's a little after Jane's Addiction's shelf life, I feel like. Well, I think they had reunited. Because they had broken up. Did anyone give a shit? I mean, I guess so. People in Southern California (laughs) probably do. In 2002, Bjork headlined, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so did Oasis, which... (laughs) Again, past their shelf life. People fucking love Oasis. I think that's one of the most overrated bands (laughs) that's ever strummed a fucking guitar. I mean, they've got like three songs that I like, but... They're probably songs I hate. I bet if you sung them. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Abawada, wow. 
Someday you will find me Come between the last five With champagne in the sky Liam and whatever the fuck his brother's name was <laughs> Noam <laughs> No, it's Noel I know who the brothers are I think there's a clip of it online But there is a Oasis video DVD Where Noel Gallagher does the commentary on some of the videos and he's trashing the band the whole time (laughs) (laughs) fuck me there's a lot of adidas going on in here it's i i don't like oasis i kind of like noel gallagher (laughs) and i and his solo shit sucks but i kind of like him as a person and just because i also wrote it down i want to uh read off every african-american headliner at coachella up into uh when this Beyonce, should, this should be a short list. <laughs> Prince in 2008, Jay Z in 2009, Kanye in 2011, Snoop and Dre in 2012. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So many years after the Chronic and they're back yeah. together. Outcast in 2014, they had to reunite for that. Drake in 2015, Kendrick Lamar in 2017, Beyonce in 2018, and also The Weeknd also had that was a longer list than I was expecting, which just goes to show you how much popular music uh it's just black music i mean 20 years of coachella and that's half eight, pretty much half hey eight slots yeah i guess it you, took a while to get there well nine uh nine if you count bay and the weekend yeah together but what this is a part where bay's singing those why do you why you done me wrong songs yeah. and i got kind of lost in the gloss I, have, I, I just kind of zoned out in it for a minute there for don't hurt yourself i just have written so fucking raw. That's the one where she just gets. That's is that. That's not the voice changing one. There's some vocoder action going on, but that's the one where she comes out with the looks like a giant trash bag plastic hoodie. Yeah, thing almost like something uh, Missy Elliott. Would wear I back in the gotten, day. I think I was lost in the gloss. Uh, but point. yeah, that was just it's it's just such a good show. I mean, that's all I can say about the concerts, <laughs> the footage at this point. <laughs> Around the point where she performed, I care. I know it's kind of hard. <laughs> uh, uh, a guitarist came out, but I couldn't hear the guitar. I couldn't either. I was very disappointed. I was barely you yeah, could hear yeah. it toward the end, which was kind of really stood out to me because everything else was just so well executed. Yeah, and I'm like, I can't hear a guitar. Nothing. It's like she wasn't even there. Yeah, they kind of maybe dropped the ball on that one little bit. Yeah, way to go, Beyonce. And people are also, including Beyonce, walking up and down these bleachers, dancing on bleachers. And heels. I would have knocked my <laughs> teeth out. Just like casually walking down. Yeah. Sings partition. Fans go crazy. <laughs> then I saw a fan like put up a sign that probably said, Beyonce, you're the greatest. And I just imagined myself if I was right behind that person and I'm fucking, oh, partitions come on and. I'm like shaking it. I hate and people then, that bring signs and to And then concerts. this person holds up a giant sign while I'm watching Beyonce it's the just worst. kind of blow my mind. I don't know. Why would just don't break a sign? Like I don't even get it at wrestling. It's like I'm gonna miss the cool like yeah. off the top rope somersault. That's not really surprising. The cutaway and that had like a the cool jazz breakdown music. It's, that music I got lasered in. It was just like a side bit. 
But I just thought it was so good. And Is I was that like, the one that had just like the rapid fire? Yeah, scenes, yeah. Like back, and to it back, was, to back to back to back to back. And Beyonce is actually talking about the aesthetics. Yeah. This was my favorite cutaway. It really brought home like how she thinks about this shit. It really gave a clue into how she correlates this shit. She's talking about the way silhouettes are positioned and the way people are standing. And this is like, and Jay-Z is like standing around being the dad, you yeah. know, which was adorable to watch. And, um, but the way she described that, that brief scene, that was like, this is the part of her that's an artist. Obviously the concert is the fruits of that reward, but of all the cutaway scenes, this was the part that I saw how she thinks about everything and how everything is lined up. I mean, she obviously had a vision in the for the show. I go home to my 50th June. <laughs> She's talking about those aesthetics and the music that was playing. I just thought it was so fucking cool. And she was really, I mean, she talks about how, you know, everything from the costume designs to the arrangements, the set. I mean, she was pretty much hands-on for everything. She said that everything had an intent. Yeah. Um, and she also mentioned, that, I think it's that same scene where she's kind of, it seems like she's having a, not I don't want to say a come to Jesus moment with the crew, but they're not where they need to be at yeah. that point in the progression of the show. And she doesn't come across as being really shitty about it. She's just very matter of fact that like, you know, we're not there yet. You know, this is, she mentions that it's a different kind of show that's ever been done at Coachella before. I would have to imagine that the fact that it's being filmed probably plays heavily into that. The, and she talks about how things are not, things feel great in the moment when they're performing the execution, but it's not coming across on film. Yeah. They got to find a way to fix that. And I don't know that there's ever been, I don't recall ever hearing about any major headliners being filmed during yeah. Coachella, like for actual release later on down the line but she's conscious of the fact that just because it feels good in that moment that won't necessarily translate right just to like a straight video yeah kind of like not being able to hear your guitarist yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i said it and all that leads into a, a rendition of baby boy which i really like quite a bit And then she also performs Deja Vu with Jay-Z. Brooklyn, baby, where it birthed me at. Now I'll be everywhere to nerve rap. The audacity to have me with the curtains back. Me and B, she was about to sing, stand back. Which I gotta say, I really enjoyed that arrangement for Deja Vu. The arrangements on these, let's just take a moment to talk about the actual band itself. They were astronomical. I didn't really realize until as I was watching this thinking, like there are certain songs where I always, I mean, obviously lose my breath. Like that song is made specific. I mean, it was created in a lab to be played by black college marching bands during halftime. Like it's the song itself has an actual marching band in it, but a lot of her songs seem like they were made for that. Like I've seen a lot of marching bands perform. I've heard, and there's anything that's got heavy brass in it. You'll always like, I've heard so many, I've seen so many marching bands do earth, wind and fire September. Mm -hmm. Um, Stevie Wonder. Hey, um, what do you think of Taylor Swift's uh, version of September? I was not aware that she. Have you not heard it? No. Oh my God! Can I play it? I don't know that I really. want I just to hear want this. to see the look on your face. Do you remember? No. <laughs> no. No. Please. 
Is that an actual? Is that like an off-the-cuff YouTube video, or is that an actual? It's like track? a lyric video. It's her track, but it's like a lyric video. I want to get to the hook. I can't even with this man. Please turn it off. <laughs> no. Isn't that like just a complete waste of internet space? It is. And we do a documentary podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're experts on wasted internet space. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, can you believe that? There's actually a, a GIF online or like a meme or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Where these four uh, middle-aged black women are sitting around listening to that song, and the look <laughs> on their faces, dude—I've probably watched it a hundred times. But back to the band. <laughs> um, like I mentioned before, when they do the little sections and they focus really on the performers, that's what really got me. The one where they talk to—you you see this one scene of the majorette twirling the baton on stage. And then you get to like meet her and she's from uh, Nigeria by way of Atlanta. She oh, talks yeah. about how she was, you know, she never thought she'd ever have an opportunity like that because, you know, she thought she was too short and too heavy. And, and now she's on stage with Beyonce and like those, I wish there were more, were more stories about that. Like really focusing heavily on these kids that are having this experience and really seeing it from their point of view um, more so than the Beyonce stuff. And she's a part of something that's going to be relevant. Yeah. And uh, the, she sings Who Run the World. Uh, as it turns out, it's girls. No argument there. And then if there was a roof at Coachella. <laughs> it would have been blown, blown off. off. <laughs> because Miss Kelly Rowland. And Miss Michelle Williams yeah. come out onto the stage. Destiny's Child is there. People are crying. Yeah, they're losing their shit because this is a lot of people's childhoods. And they get they they come out. They got the Charlie's Angels silhouette. Yeah, of them out. yeah. I mean, I, again, goose jugging goosebumps. Just talking about it. Man. Yeah. So they sing "Lose My Breath," "Say My Name." And soldier. And I wrote color change costumes, but you explained <laughs> that these are two different. I was fooled. I was like, that's amazing. How, it's amazing how they can get their clothes to do that. My mind was fucking blown. unstable molecules. <laughs> that's for the nerds out there. Yes, queen. Then she sings, get me bodied and Solange comes out, but she doesn't sing. She just dances. Okay. So my initial reaction to this scene it for, in the first five seconds i'm thinking she's gonna sing because solange is a singer as well yeah and had to put out, she puts out good records yeah and so this is like you said this is uh get me bodied which there's a lot of you know basically sort of call and repeat dance step sort of stuff mm-hmm. in this in this part of the song and at first i was like so they're just they're just dancing together like that's she's not gonna sing what's the point of this and then as it started to go on i found myself like smiling uncontrollably because it's essentially it's two sisters 
I was immediately picturing them like in the basement of their house. Yeah. As kids doing their little dance routines and you could just see this joy yeah. back and forth between the two of them. Yeah. They look like they infectious. were having a blast. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then when she knocks her over at the end, mm-hmm. obviously it could have easily been cut out. And I love the fact that she left it in. Uh, if you haven't seen it, there's right at the end, Solange goes in for a hug to her sister and she trips and takes both of them down on the stage. And they're both just laughing hysterically when this happens. I don't know. It was just a very endearing scene. I enjoyed it. Then she sings Single Ladies. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. Your hands up. Up. Uh oh oh. It starts to wind down. We get a cutaway of Bay's daughter. It's Blue Ivy, right? Is that her name? I think so. Yeah. She's singing a little song she's with her singing, mom. She's closing to bring it full circle. It's very Lift every voice and sing Black National Anthem. There we get a montage, a visual montage of all the bandmates and the dancers and a lot of people. I got to give this video credit. And a lot of the cut scenes that I kind of off and on complained about a little bit ultimately did accomplish this task was to make sure that I think going into this, I was worried it was going to be overtly Beyonce, which that seems silly. Why wouldn't I want that to be? But it's, it's called, called Beyonce it's Homecoming. Called Homecoming, <laughs> Homecoming, a film by Beyonce. I was a little worried that like there wouldn't be a lot of due credit going around when I was watching this, but it's impossible not to look at everyone else involved yeah. in here. And I actually think the film does a great job at communicating this shared experience between all these performers and Beyonce. It worked. It managed to, if I thought it had uh, some slight missteps along the way, it slid into home doing it really well. Yeah. And then she closes out singing Love on Top. I also liked when she mentioned that she didn't go to college. Destiny's Child was her college. Yeah. As she says, like living life out on the road. That was her, her education. And how she has, she's always had this longing for going to an HBCU. And I thought, it's, I mean, to get to that point, that level where she literally created her own HBCU experience yeah. for herself and then turned that around and made it something that everyone could experience was, I, I, don't know, I thought it was pretty cool. So we went to Beyonce University. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I actually finished this course. <laughs> Did you get your degree? No, it's going to get mailed in. Akil, that was Homecoming, a film by Beyonce. We had a lot to say about pop music, a lot to say about Dirty Beyonce. Bitty bitty bop. bop. <laughs> what is that? I'm trying to remember. Oh, that's uh, Cantaloupe. Yeah. Fantasia. Yeah. Bitty yeah, bitty right. bop. Yeah. Kill. I don't know why I brought that up. Bitty bitty bop. We don't rate documentaries or concert film documentaries in a star rating scale. Do tell, Robert. Beyonce is a huge star. To me, she's a huge Herzog. <laughs> and we're going to rate her in Herzogs. I'm going to give this one through five Herzogs. You're going to give this one through five Herzogs. We're going to combine them like a Jay-Z and Beyonce concert with Solange dancing with a big smile on on the side. And maybe Kelly, Roland, and Michelle Williams will come out too. For best combination out of 10. I wanted to like poke a little bit of holes in it, 
I don't think it was absolute perfection, but um, there were just some things that I maybe rolled my eyes for a second. But when the show's going, when the momentum of the show is there, I'm swept away just like everyone else. And I'm just watching it on Netflix, you know. I'm not I'm just trying to wrap my head, even though I have seen her live, just being there at this Coachella show. I didn't have 600 bucks at the time, I'm sure, to just spend or did the plane ticket to go to Southern California in the Coachella Valley. It's expensive. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm going to give this 4.5 out of five Herzogs. Okay. Minute criticisms. But if this really was just, um, gosh, because there were a couple of cutaway scenes I did like a lot. And there were a few that I thought maybe didn't seem to matter that much. And yeah, so I'm going to give it 4.5. Okay. Um, we pretty much agree on yeah. most things about this. Uh, I, I think I enjoyed the cutaways on a whole, on the whole more than you did. I actually could have used more of them. Wow. Um, it was two hours and 20 minutes. Well, enough. I mean, honestly, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, because the concert is amazing. And I, I've I've been trying to separate the two. I've been trying to really focus more on the cutaways than less on the concert. But it's a concert film, so you really can't do that. Really? The performance has to come into play. The concert itself, the fact that I couldn't hear that girl's guitar was the only criticism the only I had. The only thing, yeah. Other yeah. than that, it was an amazing spectacle. Yeah. That I would watch again. It made me actually wish that I had gone to Coachella, which is something I Whoa. never thought would have ever entered my brain. We'll say, we'll say, ever. Ever. <laughs> I have no desire to go to any no. of those damn things. Yeah. Large gatherings yeah, of people. It's everything that I hate about. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It sounds Look, Bonner is not that far. We're not going to that nope. shit either. Nope. Had ample opportunities. Yep. Never been. Never will. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I would have. I, I really wanted to see more stuff about the kids performing. Like that to me, that was the bread and butter of what this could have could have been. Um, uh, if there was, <clears throat> if this ever got released on Blu-ray, and there was like an extra DVD of bonus footage that was just like nothing but stuff about those kids, sign me up. I would totally get it and watch the whole thing because. That to me, I was I really wanted to see everything through their eyes, and there are moments where you get to do that, but not as much as I wanted. A reality show of the people surrounding Beyonce on these tours. I mean, four months of rehearsals for this. Yeah, and you know they were recording everything, so there's tons of footage out there mm -hmm. they could use. So who knows? We may see something like that down the pike. It's yeah. completely possible. Um, like you said, the performance itself was m fucking peckable. I woke up like this. It was flawless. Ladies, yeah, yeah, nice segue there, Bobby. <laughs> um, minus the guitar, uh, I felt like the super hot bassist more than made up for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, she yeah. was great. Something about a lady playing a bass is just, oh man, gets me every time. I'm gonna give it 4.75. I would, wow. I would give it a five, uh, but it's, it's just missing more of the cutaway stuff. And I understand that they couldn't because the concert was the bulk of it, which is totally fine. Slight variations of our uh, review. You wanted a little more of this. I wanted slightly less of this. Yeah. But we're really just forced to split hairs here. I know. know. Yeah. We really are. Yeah. I mean, as far as concert docs go, I mean, this is definitely. This is some high end yeah, shit. Yeah. And so you take my 4.5, combine it with your 4.75. I can't add that. I don't know. That's 9.25 out of 10 Hertzogs. That's great. 
for Homecoming, a film by Beyonce. I thought I would genuinely enjoy this. I felt like I came away from it with a lot more positive feeling than I even really yeah. expected. I honestly, I've, I've never been a huge Beyonce fan. I recognize her talent. Mm-hmm. I've always recognized that, but she's never been like one of my favorites. Seeing this completely changed it. I've literally been listening to nothing but this concert for the past, like, because I, I watched it this morning, like you. I've probably listened to this concert three times on Spotify since then. Beyonce's become so iconic, so monolithic. I think in her monolithic nature, sometimes there's aspects where, and I'm I'm guilty of this in other respects, where it's like, oh, it's not that great. It's not that good. And I, I remember when, um, fuck, what's the British singer's name? She's, Seal. No, not Seal. She's a lady. Robert Plant. Sinead O'Connor. 21. <laughs> no, she's 25. Not she's kind of got this. Country. Adele. Adele. She's got that country ass thing. Adele. <laughs> I remember when she blew up and she peaked that a lot of people were like trashing her. You might not listen to this kind of music, but you can't listen to her sing and be like, that sucks. Because that's not true. You can hear it. Yeah. Unobjectively, that is a very talented person. Right. But that's just come from, from haters that aren't really participating that much anyway. It doesn't matter if you don't listen to this music or not. It's fine if you don't. I mean, but don't confuse that with like this not being fucking amazing. Yeah. Because it is. And that's just the fact. And I also feel like she's kind of, if you look at her early stuff when she first went solo, like she's grown dramatically as an artist. And I feel like the past three, probably since Sasha Fierce, like those albums have mm, really definitely become pieces of art and they've progressed with each one. Very similar. I know it seems weird putting these two people in the same sentence, but if you look back at Stevie Wonder's career, Stevie Wonder and Helen Mirren. <laughs> yes. You're going to compare them to, I am. I'm totally going to compare them to, <laughs> but Stevie Wonder, like, you know, he did the Motown poppy sort of stuff. Yeah. And then at a certain point, like, Secret Life of Plants happened, and it was like and these albums, these subsequent albums became events. Like there were just these huge double album sets that were just genius. And then the '80s happened, and I just called to say I love you, and it was kind of downhill from yeah. there. But it's kind of a similar path as far as like growing beyond. I think what people expected yeah. them to be. Stevie Wonder, remember when he started out straight up jazz player as a kid? The the jazz soul little Stevie Wonder, eight yeah. year old, busting on them keys. He's had plenty of changes in his career. Oh, yeah. Wow, we talked a lot after. <laughs> usually, <laughs> usually we just ended after we've made our review. I mean, we've done our, yeah, yeah. our scoring and then we're out. But. I think it is kind of interesting how this also got us thinking about the music industry as a whole and how we reflect on things. And We could get into the criticisms of Beyonce's use of sexuality to sell records, but we're not even going to get no, into that. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch it. <laughs> nope. Uh, and we need to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Akil. Uh, 9.25 for Homecoming, a film by Beyonce. Very respectable. That's the full title. And uh, Always a pleasure, Bobby. Yeah, what a talk we had today. Indeed. And uh, we'll have plenty more in the future. Keep on docking. Uh, when Jay, I was like 20 feet from Jay Z, and I was, and I've got a camera, a phone camera footage of me going, "Hey Jay!" <laughs> and then I swear his hand twitches a little. He looks over and he like kind of bumps his head up a little bit. Like, nice. What's up? You had a moment with Jay Z. We're pretty tight. I'm just trying to keep the beehive from coming down on us. <laughs> That's all.
Oh, dude, at this point, any attention is good. <laughs> Maybe we should just tell you. Just yeah, let's rad, just, just blow this thing just up. Throw some, <laughs> some bug <laughs> spray on in the water. <laughs> You get a, an amazing benefit from what you do. It's what you've always wanted to do. You didn't have to wear that Arby's uniform. <laughs> what is with you at Arby's? It's just trying to like. Un- <laughs> it's just that background. Why is Arby's the good? Why is that the bottom of the rung? It's jobs you have. I had. What did Arby's do to you? I had a chicken sandwich from there today, so I guess it's just on my mind. It all comes back to Arby's. Please give it up for my crew. That is. Ed-